The Government Accountability Office has completed a detailed study of three private citizens and what influence they might have had on decisions made by Veterans Affairs. The people involved here were members of President Trump's Mar-a-Lago Club in Florida. With highlights of the interactions of Bruce Moskowitz, Isaac Perlmutter, and Mark Sherman, the GAO's Managing Director for Healthcare Issues, Nicole Clowers. Ms. Clowers, good to have you on. Uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. So this study concerns an issue that was somewhat controversial a couple of years ago. Is it accurate to say the GAO is not there to make any inference of whether this was right or wrong, but simply to document for those requesting members of Congress what exactly happened? Is that a fair way to put it? That's very fair. The goal of the audit was to describe the interactions of the three private individuals with VA officials and their role in VA decision-making. All right. And what are your top-level findings? Did they have communications and were they involved? What we found is that from the end of 2016 through about mid-2018, we found instances of frequent communication and involvement by the three individuals uh, with senior-level VA officials in five key areas. Uh, Those areas included the development of the electronic health records, contracts with Cerner, senior-level personnel decisions, a mobile app development effort, a VA suicide prevention effort, and an effort to create a medical device registry. And we found that the interaction took a number of different forms from emails to phone calls to in-person meetings. And who was it within VA that they communicated with? It was typically very senior-level officials. So those included at the time former Secretary Shulkin, the former Deputy Secretary, the former Chief of Staff, as well as the former CIO and Undersecretary for Health. Did they have any communications with career staff at VA, even senior executive service members, do we know? What we saw in our review of documents was primarily the very senior level officials, but certainly those senior level officials would pull in career level VA personnel to help maybe respond to questions from the three individuals or provide information. So we did see that type of information in email exchanges, but the direct communications were really with the senior level officials. And what do we know about these individuals? That is to say, uh, Moskowitz, Perlmutter, and Sherman. Do they have particular expertise in some of these areas like suicide prevention or electronic health records or development of apps? When President-elect Trump announced that he was having some experts from outside of VA help with him on VA matters, it was in January of 2017, and he described these officials as having either business success, being involved in large organization turnarounds, or in the case of Dr. Moskowitz um, being a physician, a practitioner, and would be bringing that expertise. Got it. And is that totally unusual for the president, any president, to pick people from industry that he might know to advise senior officials that have been appointed by the White House? Well, what we know from talking to VA officials is that they often will seek external opinion and advice on a range of matters. We only focus on this particular incident uh, at, at VA and with these officials and uh, private citizens. But in our conversations, we did talk to uh, VA's general counsel as well as their ethics folks, and we got a good understanding of the, the trainings that's provided, the policy and guidance that's provided. 
and, and found through the course of our work that VA does interact with private citizens or other organizations to learn best practices, for example, or to obtain uh, feedback and advice on their initiatives. We're speaking with Nicole Clowers. She is Managing Director for Healthcare Issues at the Government Accountability Office. And were you able to determine whether those gentlemen had influence on the choices VA made? I think the most important one perhaps might have been a multi-billion dollar, multi-year contract to Cerner, a decision that was announced by David Shulkin, the secretary at the time, who today contends that went through all the normal contracting processes. So what did you find with respect to influence or decisions made with respect to the involvement of those uh, three people? For our report, we didn't make an assessment on influence, but rather we focused on the interactions. And what I can share in terms of the interactions, they were frequent and took many different forms. And the timing of the interactions varied by initiative. What we did do is we did talk to both officials as well as the three individuals talking to their representatives to get their views on the extent to which the three individuals had influence on decision-making. From the VA perspective, we found that the opinions varied to the extent to which they believed there was influence. At least one current VA official said that he did not believe there was any type of impact or influence in talking to and getting views of uh, several former VA officials. They did feel like there was some level of influence. In fact, one of the former officials described the three as creating a a somewhat shadow reporting structure and through which they would often have to bring the three individuals along in any any decisions that they were making. And they described that as a time-consuming process that sometimes led to some confusion as well as frustration. With that said, all the VA officials, both current and former, were very clear that they believed that the ultimate decisions that they made, they made on their own and that they were free to make the decisions that were in the best interest of VA. As for the three individuals in obtaining their views, they believed that their role was informal, uh, that they had no direct or formal decision-making authority, and that they were only providing advice and recommendations to help VA move forward in different areas. Interesting. And how did this all come to an end? The interactions ended at different points based on the initiative. You mentioned the Cerner contract, where we saw a good amount of interactions during the time frame of about November 2017 through the spring of 2018 when the contract was signed. Uh, the three individuals had a number of comments on uh, the contract and the decision to move forward with the contract and was offering their perspectives on it. But of course, after the contract was signed, uh, those interactions faded away. So it, it happened at different points. But what we saw through our documentation review, all communication wrapped up or ended in the spring of 2018. And did GAO make any recommendations in connection with this report? We did not make recommendations, but in addition to providing narrative in terms of what we found, we provide detailed timelines for each of the five initiatives that I described earlier, where you can see a reader can see the types of interactions that were occurring, as well as how the interactions occurred and what was being communicated. Got it. So is the matter pretty much over at this point? For us, it is. We've issued our report, and uh, you can find it at www.gao.gov. 
I guess I should also ask who were the major requesters of this report, because I think for them there might be some political implication, even though for GAO is uh, playing it straight here. The requesters for this work were Ranking Member Schott and Senator Warren. All right. Nicole Clowers is Managing Director for Healthcare Issues at the Government Accountability Office. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to her report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.